You're listening to a podcast from Burst Radio Show, Featured First. Catch the live show every Wednesday at 3, online at burstradio.org.uk and on air on 11.34 Medium Wave in North Bristol. I'm at the at Bristol Science Centre uh, in the uh, Explore building. I'm looking around the uh, new, new exhibition that is on for this year up until August, um, Inside DNA. When you first walk in, it seems quite an odd situation. You're just in half of the upper floor of the Explore Centre and seem surrounded by these white walls, almost bubbles, that separate the exhibition into lots of different areas. But uh, as you go around it, you notice that in each one there's not a huge amount of masses of text like you'd expect in your average museum exhibition. You've got lots of screens with uh, interactive videos from uh, people involved in genetics. And uh, whilst it's impossible to give a full flavour of the way the exhibition works in this. The whole picture seems to be that of people interacting with these uh, displays and very minimal displays as well. Also on hand at the moment there are people from the uh, University of Bristol and we'll be talking to them a little bit later about what the exhibition hopes to achieve. But meanwhile I'm just going to carry on looking around and uh, seeing what all the different areas are about. My name's Ian Sang and um, I'm the Lab and Projects Office here at Bristol and we've got a fantastic new exhibition here, it's called iDNA, Inside DNA. Um, we're doing a whole heap of programming to support those, this exhibition, we've got loads of different activities out here to help people get to know a bit more about DNA, a bit more about genetics, maybe dispel some of those myths out there surrounding, um, driven by the media but surrounding um, people's concerns and worries about genetics. And let's hopefully open the debate and the discussion up so that people can actually learn some more. And we've also got an opportunity here to leave opinions that can actually be passed to the Human Genetics Council. So there's a, a dialogue here between the public, visitors, students and government policy as well. And it's all wrapped up within this exhibition that has six zones. It's got genetics, so what is DNA? It's got identity, it's got health, evolution and finally this discussion dialogue zone as well so people can input their ideas. But hopefully it's a, an absolutely amazingly interactive exhibition that's not going to be scary. So hopefully it's just going to um, be a nice warm welcoming environment where we've got experts coming in doing events all throughout the uh, run of this exhibition. It's open till September uh, 2008 and hopefully uh, yeah, people are going to really enjoy it and get to get a better idea of what DNA is all about. We've got Lots of exhibits here that have got uh, personal stories from people who have genetic disorders, who have had genetic disorders in their family, who are coping with genetic um, issues. We've also got researchers leaving their opinions, scientists leaving their opinions, and experts in the field of genetics too. People like jo John Salston, who is hugely part of the Human Genome Project and part of the genetic, Human Genetic Council, He's left some uh, opinions here too. So there's lots and lots of information here. It's possibly the first exhibition of its kind that hopefully brings all this together. Um, I was going to say, this 
exhibition is not like the average exhibition you think of when you think of a, a museum or a similar exhibition. There's a, there's a lot of um, interactive um, computer screens um, with lots of information and, and videos and those. Um, do you think that that particularly affects the, the way that this appeals to people? Yeah, I hope so. I think the interactive side of this exhibition is one of its big draw points. It's got lots of touch screens, lots of things that sort of relate to modern technology, such as the you know the iPhone and things like this. Things that are desirable objects, but we've got lots of different touch screen interactives, lots of different games to play, lots of different ways to try and people get people interacting with the science. We don't really we're trying to stay away from big um, lots of texts, lots of things that people have to focus on and concentrate on, and lots of things that. Could put people off. We're trying to find different ways to get people involved with this type of subject area. And given the nature of our Bristol and a science centre like this, we're not a museum. We don't try to keep things behind glass. We don't try to just present people with uh, antiquated ways of looking at things and learning. We want to break new ground. We want to make things as cool and as interesting and contemporary as possible. And um, it obviously seems to be a success from the, the number of um, people I can see around, um, including some fairly young children who've obviously got quite involved in looking around the exhibition as well. Yeah, I mean, this exhibition is aimed at 14 plus age groups that goes all the way up through to university students. And um, it's very, you know, some of the information is quite technical and some of the information is, you know, not suitable for younger people. But we are still finding there's lots of people interacting at different levels. Old people, people who have of retired come in on their days off and they come and learn and listen about DNA, things that are new to them. We also have little children come in too who have maybe had no experience of DNA but are keen to get involved and keen to find out more. It's that kind of exhibition that just looks so nice that you can't help but go in and have a play and there's loads of different levels there for everyone to enjoy it at. Now you're talking about the way it looks there. I couldn't help noticing as I was just wandering around the exhibition that it's split up by these rather odd-looking, white, plasticky kind of balls. Do do you know whether they actually represent anything in particular? I don't know whether they represent anything particularly, but they obviously look really nice. So if you want to come over and just look at those, they're very, very nice. Um, But we've got to think of a way to... I mean, most exhibitions, they are held within the confines of the building that they're, they're in, the structure that they're in. So we thought of a novel way of creating little areas that have specific themes so that it's a bit more intuitive as people walk around. So we, we use these basically to um, create a path through the exhibition. So they're inflatable walls, specially made. Um, hopefully they look really nice and hopefully they draw people around the, around the exhibition. Okay. Now, the exhibition is split up into lots of different sections, as you say. Um, could you just give me a flavour of the sorts of things that you might find in any particular section and for that matter perhaps pick out any of your favourite parts okay well we've got few, uh, quite a few different areas like I said there's there's five different areas there's a genetics area so we find out about what DNA is the genome and in this area we've got an amazing book there's a book here that's got a list of all the different ba- bases within the human genome and obviously the human genome has now been mapped and um, this one is its like a bookshelf with a huge book of tiny, tiny letters. And even though it is literally just that, people are fascinated with it. You're not necessarily going to get any sort of understanding from it, but just to 
feel something and see this, the extent of what makes us who we are is something that people are really latching onto. So that's in this area. Um, we've got um, health areas. Obviously, lots of people are concerned these days about health, um, health issues. Genetics has given us a whole another idea, you know, new set of knowledge about well, where these health conditions might come from. Uh, people are concerned. So we've got a whole area where people, um, ordinary people, have left their own comments and people can listen to their own, own personal stories and also see comments made by experts and scientists and health professionals in that field. Uh, lots of different diseases are covered, things like Alzheimer's and, and other rarer conditions are also covered. But it's really interesting to see what people, you know, from the personal point of view feel like and are adapting to these conditions, how they're living with those conditions in, in this modern right life. in the middle of the exhibition is a model about six foot high of uh, a short section of DNA, the classic twisting spiral double helix shape. It's only when you look at the text around the bottom that you realise quite how amazing this stuff is. The model is blown up to 600 million times actual size, that's only six foot tall. We're talking completely tiny things here, DNA. And it's quite an eye-opener, even for someone who is involved in science at all, let alone the average person who doesn't know anything about it. So it's quite amazing to think that within those tiny little genes are the code for each one of us. It strikes me, as I had a look around myself, that a lot of the exhibition is geared towards how genetics is relevant to the average person now, rather than putting so much of the straight data across. I mean, I suppose, I mean, you mentioned the huge book here, I mean, I'll just have a brief look at it. There's rows upon rows of letters, each of them, I don't know, what, two, three millimetres tall, and there's almost 1,200 pages of this book. No one's ever going to get anything out of that unless they're an ex absolute expert in the field, are they? No, not particularly, but people, you would be surprised how many people stand here and look through those letters. They flick through the pages as if they're re reading the book. Just, I think just the scale of it and the enormity of it is something that people, catches people's imagination. And then they really realise, you know, you know, what DNA what DNA does, what DNA is, and how much it must mean to us and other living organisms. But it's a huge thing to see. And we've got other exhibitions that support it too and compare our own DNA and how much DNA we have to other organisms so we can kind of see our place in the world in terms of our genetics too. What would you say that the most important aspect of genetics today is? <laughs> That's a hard question. A very hard question. I think it's, I think it's health for most people. It's about where do we go next? Um, a lot of people are scared of you know, the potential of genetics. People you know, feel that we've lived a long time without this knowledge and we can live without it. But there are huge amounts of positives from this kind of study. It's given us a greater insight into who we are. It's given people a greater understanding of the conditions they possibly have within their families and I think it best people to appreciate um, each There's one section that is all about how genetics is viewed in the press and the media currently in a section here which is all about human identity DNA profiling 
to do with crime solving and also looking at uh, the number of people in the world that are like any one person genetically. It's all very interesting. Britain actually played a huge part in the Sanger Institute, uh, contributed massively to the Human Genome Project. And now there are projects coming up to look further at that and compare people. There's a project coming up called the Thousand Genome Project where a thousand people will have their genomes mapped and then compare them for disease to see where disease evolved from, where it came from, and hopefully give us a better understanding of that so that we can use that information to help people, help people in, in, in the medical world and help people in health. So um, I think that's a really, really interesting project because it's going to start to give us more insights into why diseases are there. Um, so less focus on the cure, but more on where it came from and how to stop it. Now, you're part of the group that is responsible for organising events to go along with exhibitions such as this. Um, there's one happening at the moment that we'll be hearing about very shortly, but what, what actually is in the pipeline to do with the Inside DNA exhibition? Okay, well, we've got a few um, various Meet the Expert sessions coming up. Uh, we've got, we're involved with one today, which is Brain Awareness Week, uh, where we've got neuro, people from the neuroscience department at Bristol University coming down to talk about DNA and the brain also do separate brain activities as well. We've also had a forensics meet the expert session where forensic experts from UWE have come in to talk about um, how we can use DNA in forensics. I'm now talking to Anne Cook who's here um, as part of Brain Awareness Week uh, from the University of Bristol. Um, could you just firstly let me know what do you do with the university and why you're involved in this Brain Awareness Week thing? Yeah, I'm the Neuroscience Research Facilitator and Communications Manager, so my job within the university is to run Bristol Neuroscience. Now, Bristol Neuroscience is an organisation which represents all the neurosciences going on across the university uh, in lots of different departments. I'm here as part of Brain Awareness Week because an important part of what Bristol Neuroscience does is public engagement of science. Um, this week, Brain Awareness Week, is actually a worldwide event. Um, it goes on in America and across Europe and in the UK. Um, and so here in Bristol, Bristol Neuroscience is doing its bit for Bristol. And people from the university, neuroscientists from the university, took part in Science Alive last week um, and are here at, at Bristol this week running lots of hands-on activities all to do with the brain. Okay, so this is all... Um wrapped up in things to do with the, the brain and neuroscience, but how does that relate to DNA and this exhibition here? Okay, well, um, one particular activity we've got is uh, to do with tongue rolling. So we invite people to come up and ask them if they can roll their tongue or not, and it turns out that about 70% of people can roll their tongue, and 30% of people can't. So this is an inherited trait um, to do with whether you can roll your tongue or not. So what's this got to do with genes and what's this got to do with the brain? Um, well, it's to do with the brain because it depends on your neural connections, whether you've got the right nerves connecting to the muscles in your tongue, whether you can roll up your tongue or not. And it's to do with genes because it's an inherited condition. So this is one example of why uh, the brain is related to DNA and why we're in this DNA exhibition. is because the nervous system, along with everything else in your body, is so dependent on what genetic inheritance you have. And there are other examples as well. Another example we've got running here is photic sneezing. I don't know if you, for instance, sneeze if you go out into bright sunlight or not. Um, I do, certainly, and about 30% of people do. And that's, I think it's a miswiring of the brain. 
So instead of a tickle in your nose going up to the sneeze centre in your brain and making you sneeze, it's actually a miswine that somehow light goes to your sneeze centre and that makes you sneeze. And again, it's another demonstration of how your genes are important for your brains and your nervous system, um, as well as everything else. Unfortunately, of course, there are lots of genetic conditions which affect your nervous system. Things like Huntington's disease, which is a very well-known one, and that's dependent on your inheritance and whether you inherit the genes that give you Huntington's disease, um, and has very unfortunate, it leads to mental and physical disability. I was going to say, I mean, obviously some of the examples we were talking about there are quite trivial, but there's some serious issues involved here as well. How important do you think it is that the public in general are more aware of the relation between um, genes, DNA, genetics and such conditions? Yeah, I think it is very important. Um, not only is it important in just understanding about these diseases and so many diseases, even if they're not directly dictated by the genes, whether you have a disease or not will be influenced by what genetic inheritance you have. So there are risk, they're called risk factors for something like Alzheimer's. There's quite a well-known risk factor for Alzheimer's, which is inherited. And almost everybody will either know somebody or know of somebody who has Alzheimer's disease. Um, so that all just helps in our greater understanding of disease and why one person might get it and why somebody might not. Now something like a risk factor will be in combination with environmental risk factors, so your life's experiences or what you've been exposed to. Um, so there's that side of things that almost all diseases are going to have some sort of influence from the genes as well as those really obvious ones like Huntington's. Um, now even if you're not directly affected by one of these diseases, I think it's important that people do understand more about it so they're able to engage in the debate. There are very important things in the news that we need to make decisions about. Um, a, a lot that's been in the news recently is about um, whether embryos are selected with, for instance, it was just on the news I think this morning, um, is it, if an embryo is going to be deaf, we know that that child is going to grow up to be deaf, is that something that we want to then go ahead with that embryo and for it to be implanted? Or do we say that that child is going to be so deprived with it not being able to hear that that's something that we reject? Now that's a very ethical question, but without people having some understanding of the science behind it, that's going to be much more difficult to make an informed decision. And these aren't decisions that scientists can take on their own. This is something that society has to make decisions about, and therefore society to have some understanding of the science going on is going to influence major decisions to be made by the country as a whole. How does this um, public involvement, like you've got here uh, this week, how does that compare to your day-to-day -day job with the university? Gosh, yes. Um, very different, I would say. Um, it is part of what I do, um, but there are lots of other things I do as well. It's something which I enjoy a lot. I find it very um, rewarding because getting people interested in the brain, getting kids talking about brain science and start maybe thinking about becoming a neuroscientist one day I think it's hugely important and I find personally very rewarding. To be honest on a day-to-day -day basis it might not be quite so much fun as making neurons out of pipe cleaners. Um, so you know on a day-to-day -day basis that's probably like a lot of people spend a lot of time in front of a computer working in office sending lots of emails doing website which is all important and it's all an essential part of the job as well. Um, but I do enjoy getting this hands-on experience as well. So it's quite a contrast. <laughs> Where do you see current issues to do with um, genetics um, and specifically related to neuroscience? Where do you see those going in, say, the next five, 
10 years. I think one really interesting area is how much um, psychiatric diseases is going to be, um, how much more we're finding out about mental illnesses and psychiatric diseases, how much they're influenced by genes and genetic inheritance. Um, it's really quite, it's a field with a lot of potential and people are finding out some really important discoveries about things like schizophrenia, ADHD, um, you name it really, um, depression, there's so much we don't know but we're beginning to find out more and still unfortunately there is still a little bit of um, a problem that, that people don't see uh, mental illnesses and psychiatric diseases as much as an illness as, as perhaps some other more tangible biological type diseases and I think the more we understand about the biology of them and the genetics of them we'll really get the breakthroughs that we're looking for. Now, just to finish off, um, this particular exhibition inside DNA, would you recommend it to um, students within, say, the medical school studying neuroscience on a day-to-day -day basis or involved with genetics as part of their course, as well as people who want a more general insight? Yeah, I think this kind of thing is important. Although the DNA exhibition, I believe, is, is particularly looking at secondary school age people, so um, teenagers, I do think it's it's really important that even at higher stages of education or in career to come and look around these kind of things. There's always stuff that you don't know, um, and you do forget things as well. If you learnt them at school, then you will have forgotten them. And when you're trying to talk about the kind of research that you do to people who aren't experts in the field, it's being able to take yourself back to that level and go to the more basic levels of understanding, which are invaluable in being able to talk about what you do now. And I think going back to the point about engaging society in important debate and important topics, I think it is important that you are able to talk about your own work and your own research. And it's having that language and having the tools to do that is, is an essential part of being a scientist. So, yeah, do come along, um, find out perhaps at a more basic level than you're used to, but it's a really, really good, they've got some fantastic exhibitions on here, and have a good time as well, it's enjoyable. <laughs> we are planning to have lots of different adult events, try to meet loads of different people in the community, various different age groups, from very different various different sectors, to try and get them involved and do special adult events in the future, so keep tuned to that, and look on our website and see if you can see anything that's appropriate to you in the future. In one of these white-walled enclosures, which some of the uh, children here seem to think resembles half an igloo, there's a very interesting section which is looking at what all of the individual chromosomes do. It allows you on various screens to select one of the 22 numbered chromosomes plus the extra ones um, and uh, f find out what we currently know is uh, dictated about our bodies and the way we are by those chromosomes. Very interesting looking through all of the different sections as to what these particular genes mean to you and me. There's a lot of people involved. I mean, you can see what it's, um, ha ha to the extent it is, it's a huge big exhibition. There's lots of people who've contributed to loads of different parts of it. Um, we've had a huge amount of expertise provided by uh, various health professionals, researchers, experts. Uh, we've had a huge amount of support from the Sanger Institute, one of our partners. We've also had a huge amount of support where all the funding came from, from the Wellcome Trust, so they really need to be mentioned. We've developed a lot of the activities here at Bristol. We have a workshop team and an exhibitions department who are dedicated to producing um, fantastic exhibitions like this, and then also a learning team who support the
programming and the things that go into it. Excite UK and the Centre of Life in Newcastle uh, inputted hugely into the learning and the programming of the exhibition like this. And this is the first venue, at Bristol is the first venue to have it and it's going to go on tour after this to lots of other venues around the country. The next one will be the Centre of Life in Newcastle. But um, hopefully it's just going to build and build and build. The opinions we're going to collect from our discussion areas are going to contribute to to the Human Genetic Council's information and research and as, as it tours around the country more and more information is going to be collected.